got a guest coming up here. Uh, and what we're going to talk about is uh, something called ghosting in business. And, you know, we all know what ghosting is. If you've got teenagers or you're, you're at that age where you're on social media or whatever, and people don't call you back or write you back or show up when they're supposed to online. And, you know, suddenly they don't do that for 15 minutes. And now you're 15 year old, I'm being ghosted. And they're ready like to jump off a building, God forbid. Right. So it, ghosting in business is a different story. So, although I, I bet, there's a lot of owners out there, small business owners that have that same feeling of maybe wanting to jump off the top of their building, God forbid. Right. So, you know, it, it's a big deal. And let me tell you my personal experience. I'm in the middle of hiring an executive assistant for my program called recoverinhome.com. It's a, it's a pretty um, active business. We see a lot of patients, a lot of, a lot of clients. We have a ton of people working with us as therapists and we're constantly interviewing. And I got to tell you, it's it's a it's a thing now where half the people that are supposed to show up for a virtual interview, just like online, you don't even have to get on a bus or get in your car or walk over. They just don't show up. And it's like, what do you mean they don't show up? It's a $25 to $30 an hour gig. You can do it from home. It's easy peasy. Nobody wants to work. And if they want to work, they certainly don't seem to want to work for me. So I'm talking to a guy right now. His name is uh, uh, Michael French. He's the national director of Robert Half, and that's a global human resources consulting firm. And we're going to talk with him about this article. It says new hires are ghosting small businesses already under pressure from labor shortages. And a new report from the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses found that in the last 12 months, more than one third of small businesses surveyed have hired people who either never showed up, stopped going to work shortly after they started. I heard about somebody who showed up, took a lunch break, never came back, and or had a job candidate who just stopped responding in the in the interview process. Like suddenly you're not hearing back as to when they want to interview, if they want to interview, and so on. Michael French, what the hey is going on, bro? Yona, thanks for having me on. And I got to tell you, this is this is crazy. But it's not just happening to small business owners. They're feeling it really bad. It's happening to everyone as well. It's happening to job seekers being done by the business. So, oh, so we, that. yeah, it's, it's, I tell you, it's happening everywhere right. and it is fairly new. It's not something that's been going on for a really long time, but actually we've been seeing it for a while. So we survey hiring companies, hiring managers and job seekers all the time. And so what we're asking is like, what's going on out there? And, and like, you're right. We, we hear often that job seekers just don't show up for their interview. That was sort of the number one complaint from hiring managers. And then they say, well, they're also taking the offer. They take my offer. Exactly. And I never, I never hear back from them. Yeah. Yeah. I expect them to show up on Monday and just like nine ten, there's like a no show. Well, and then it, it's just, it's, you know, you use the term crazy. You got to be careful because I'm also a therapist, but um, they, you know, it, it is, it is certainly ab abnormal to say the least. And in, in, it's actually almost impossible for businesses, big, small, or otherwise to, to, to try to structure growth. So how do you get around that? What's up with that? That, that is a real, real challenge. So how are you going to be able to grow your business if you can't find people? And you were coming out of a time now, if you were trying to grow your business, it used to be businesses were held back by lack of capital. And that was a story for a very long time. Right. But now for the last 10, 15 years, we're held back by the lack of, of skilled people. And right. now we've been talking about this demand for talent for a while. I think we got to stand back. Like the war for talent, the war for talent is over. We have to realize talent won. And businesses have to adapt to what the talent is looking for right. and how they want to move forward. 
If you're still trying to interview and hire the way you did 5, 10, 15, or how your, your parents did it 25 years ago, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. And, okay, and so, so 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 rather than you know, we, obviously we have limited time, but with with without getting into like a complicated discussion, give me an idea of of what you know three easy things that you know if someone's out there as an employer, what should they be doing differently than what their grandfather did? One of the first things you need to do is streamline your hiring process. You know, we, you, you talked about virtual. Many organizations still want to do a face to face interview for the first time, yep. so streamline it. I mean, if there's multiple people, have them on, on the uh, interview, make them quick. If there's going to be two interviews, one one day, maybe one the next day. So make it very easy, make it fast. Second, make if, you, if you're making an offer, start with your very best offer. You have right. to assume every single job seeker is going to be fielding multiple offers. If your plan is, well, they're looking for X, let's offer them X less 2,000, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. They won't even look at your offer. Make your very, very best offer. And the third thing you have to do is in the interview process, close to an actual timeline of next steps and then commit to that timeline. What we hear from job seekers many times is that they're being ghosted as well as they're contacting, whether it be the HR or the manager or the owner, they're not getting told where they're in the process. And it could be, well, we'll let you know when we have an, up, have an update or have some news. Uh, but job seekers have lots going on. They're looking for almost a daily update of what's happening because the job right. market's moving that fast. So in that interview process, make sure you're saying, okay, you know what, today's Friday at, at, uh, at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. We'll let you know Monday by noon if there's an offer or we'll let you know next steps. So make sure you're closing next steps and then commit to them. Even if you don't have an update, still commit to giving them sort of, sorry, no news right now, but we'll get back to you tomorrow. Someone told me, uh, I got a couple of minutes left here before we go to break. Someone told me that the average the average job, like the, uh, for an admin assistant, let's say you're hiring the, you know, the average job in an office, an admin assistant. Um, and that used to be a 35 in back in the day, not so long ago, three, four years ago, actually. I was at like a 35, $38,000 entry position. I'm told that today that's a $50,000 job and still no one wants to show up. Unfortunately, Yona, that's not $50,000. It's probably $55,000 or $58,000. Oh, brother. And that just gets the conversation going. Yeah. But when you think about it, how are you going to live, whether you're living in Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, how are you going to live on $38,000? Especially when you're paying $20,000 a year to go to university. Yeah. So the, the economics now have to work out. And when you look at when you go to the grocery store, my goodness, uh, the price of lettuce now, the, the price of fuel, everything's going up. And it's uh, we, we've been enjoying very low inflation for a, a number of years. This is something that's crept up on us. No one saw it coming. And right. now we're dealing with the fallout. So this is something that we're not really used to. So as wages have gone up, so is everything else. And you're having to adjust. The big problem is companies haven't planned for this and it wasn't in the budgets. And we're not used to this. We're not used to right. having to raise these salaries so often so much. 
Michael French. He is uh, the national director of a company called Robert Half, a global human resources consulting firm, and just generally a pretty smart guy. Uh, Robert, let's continue. Uh, I'm sorry, Michael, let's continue to uh, have this conversation about the ghosting. So that's what we're talking about, why people don't continue to follow up from interviews and perhaps why companies aren't keeping the interviewee in the process long enough to kind of actually try to win them over. Um, companies, if companies improve their benefit packages, and, and and sort of the perks. Is that part of what gets people back, Michael? Or is it just, you know, like at what point are the interviewees saying, you know, I'm going to make this choice and not that choice? And what can you do to entice them? You know what? Benefits have become or have always been a really big piece. So there's, there's that. Look at the total rewards. The salary is a huge component of it. But we also tell job seekers, look beyond the money. So you go from the salary, then you go to the benefits. Is it a big package? Does it have everything, dental, eyeglass, uh, all the drugs, everything included? And then look beyond, what are the perks? Is there flexible schedule, which is probably the hottest thing right now? People want flexibility. And many, many employers are losing job seekers because they just don't offer flexibility. And when it comes down to it, they really could. They're just sort of, well, it's not how we've done business in the past. We want to stay the old way. If you were to offer flexibility, you'll attract a much larger group of candidates. I'm not even talking about sort of remote working. I'm talking maybe even windowed. Maybe it's eight to four, nine to five, uh, 10 to six. Do you care if a person's got a weekday off and takes a, works on a weekend? If I'm sitting back as an employer and I am an employer and you're saying, you know, change this, allow different shifts and so on. It's really starting to sound like. You know, there are a lot of people out there saying to themselves, hey, you know, I just don't feel like I've uh, like doesn't seem right. It seems like the, 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 the candidates running the, the, the interview, not me. Is that a is that a takeaway for an employer to kind of feel uncomfortable that, you know, they're not in control? And is control even something you can expect these days in a healthy interview? That's a really interesting word, control. Uh, I think you have to look at it a little bit differently. I wouldn't look at it as being control. I look at it as being what you're offering is flexibility and some freedom in exchange for results and performance. It used to be, well, here's where you're going to sit. Here's when you're going to work. And here is how and why and what you're going to do. Now we're more interested in, here's what I'm looking for out of you. Here's what I need out of you. I need you to figure out best times to do it in most situations. Now, if you're running a, a store or a business where you have to be a certain time and place, that's a little bit different. But in the professional world, measure the results. But when you do that, there's a level of trust here that maybe wasn't always there. But you know what? We Two years or 20 years, we went to COVID. We went from being in the office to working from home. And we thought the whole thing's going to fall apart. Little did we realize that, my goodness, we seem to do very, very well. We trusted our people. Yeah, there are some people, though, Michael, that would say that uh, being in the office, uh, and I'm not sure I'm on the, I don't disagree with them at some level, being in the office, at least for part of your work week, uh, being in the office is more conducive, a lot of people would say, to you know cooperation, to collegial work, to sharing ideas, to touch and feel, all that stuff that you just can't get necessarily from a virtual experience. Uh, believe it or don't? I believe it. I believe there's some people who will thrive and do more work when they're at home, but then they will do possibly new and better work when they are in the office and they collaborate with their colleagues. Um, and there's some people who love being in the office. So you, you have all of those, but somewhere in there is the right mix for every organization. 
turn the clock back maybe 20 years, uh, the um, everybody had their own office before. Right. Then they invested in these great big bullpens, open yeah. concept, yeah. pods. Yeah. I can tell you, I went from being in an office to having a pod. I love having my pod, open open concept, talk to everybody, collaborate really easy. I, I loved it. it. Hated it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so like I loved it. And you know what? We got a lot done. Yesterday, I was yeah. with a, a group on a table. We were trying to troubleshoot a, a challenge that we were having. And we within minutes, we had a great solution that we may not have had had we all been remote. But because we were in person, and one, in person, one person was remote, we still got to the got the solution. We're flexible now. And I got to tell you, great things get done. Let me ask you something here, buddy. Um, is there any ramification? You hire somebody, come in for a job, you you do all the pro paperwork, you bring them in, you get them all their security clearance and everything they need. They come to work and then the next day they don't show up. Does the company, I mean, I know you're not an employment lawyer, but does the company have any kind of cause to claim anything back? And how do you get back your work materials and all that stuff if somebody just suddenly starts to ghost you? You got about a, a minute or so to answer that one for me. So that does happen. I am not a lawyer. I, I I do not know, and I can never advise a client on what to do. We say, you know, talk to your HR and your legal teams. Um, it does happen. I rarely hear of companies not being able to get back their equipment, um, but I'm sure it does happen. Uh, best thing to do is, though, is in the process, talk about what else they have going on in their job-seeking uh, strategy. Where else are they applying? Where else are they interviewing? Know what you're up against and be honest with them. Let them know how many other people that you're interviewing for the role. That will have a much higher success rate of them actually accepting, showing up, and being diligent in that position and excel and excelling. Okay, real quick, we've got some time here to continue to talk. I want to know more about Robert Half. Tell me about that organization. Haven't heard of you before. Give us uh, the 30-second commercial. We've been around for nearly 75 years. We started um, you know, in New York City by a guy named Bob Half, who made permanent placements for, for professionals in accounting and finance. That's and it. that then spun off into contracts and finance, admin, tech, legal, creative, digital, um, many different professional areas. And now we're all around the world helping companies find the talent they need just when they need it, perm and contract. So the old days we'd call you a headhunter? You know what? That's the old days. <laughs> that term still gets uh, tossed around now, but essentially, yeah. A big part of our business, you know, we help clients with both perm and contract. Amazing. And what's your background, just briefly? So I've been with Robert Half for over over 20 years. Um, I've actually, I started in the Toronto office and in a group that was uh, working with clients, placing contract accounting professionals. And so that would be like accounts payable, accounts payable, bookkeepers, staff accountants, analysts. And over the years, I've worked in a number of our offices, and now I have a national role with Robert Half. I love it. Well done. Well done. So is this a Canadian thing, Brady, or is this a worldwide thing, this this ghosting stuff? Is it global? It's, hap it's happening around the world. It's happening around the world. Well, it's interesting. Uh, back six months ago, we were hearing about quiet quitting. That wasn't necessarily yeah. happening in Canada. That was more, let's say, south of the border. What we're talking about now with ghosting, it's happening everywhere. It's happening. The job market's hot. Candidates have options. And you know what? Maybe we don't communicate like we used to. Maybe a simple email saying, hey, thank you for meeting me. Unfortunately, I'll take something else is all we really need to do if, right. you, don't, if you aren't brave enough to have a face-to-face -face conversation or over the phone. But even a simple email would let, let the employers know you made another choice.
you know, my mother used to say to me, and uh, may she rest in peace, she used to say to me, you know, don't make a mess because you never know when you're going to walk back and step through it. And, you know, I, I, I explain this, try to explain this to young people that I have in my practice and try to explain to them when they're going out. Like, if you're not going to take the job, you don't want to take the job, you're going to move, you, you know, decided to do something else, you changed your mind, you had an argument with your mom, whatever, call the employer back and say, hey, you know, um, love the opportunity. Thank you. It's just not going to work for me right now. Can we check? Can I check back in in a little time? Or if you, if you find you could use me down the road, please give me a call. Just leaving that door open. Um, we're not doing so much of that anymore, are we? You just got a few minutes left or a few seconds left here. No, you know what? And that's what we have to do. That would be ideal. Next best thing would be an email. Worst thing is to disappear and ghost. But that, that conversation that your mom talked about, that's crucial. That is crucial. Does it come around though? Does it does it come around to 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 beat you up at some point? Does it uh, in in terms of uh, you know like if the things you don't do? Does it does it eventually come around and uh, and smack you in the face in another interview down the road? There, it comes around really fast, sure does, much yeah. faster than anybody ever expects. You know what? As, as big as Canada is, and these cities are huge, they're actually small. And never ever burn a bridge. There never ever burn a bridge. Well, we're talking to uh, to Michael French. He is the national director of Robert Half, which is a global uh, re human resource company. And uh, clearly they're on top of these kinds of trends and so on. Um, I imagine you have the same problem when you're trying to recruit for people. You're getting ghosted too as an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's happening everywhere. 